okay with that. Are you okay with that, man? Yeah, that's fine. All right. What was that? What were you doing right there? Just checking my lighting. Uh, you look all right. So, all right, everybody, welcome to another episode here of uh, Beer Fish Fanatics. Uh, people are watching this on YouTube. Just FYI, yeah, that 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 face of fishing kit is real. Uh, the redness. <laughs> uh so just just to kind of give everybody a answer who's watching this on uh youtube I, i'm seeing this for the first time we're, we're we're doing a uh zoom one today the reason being is uh world traveler here mr fishing kit just got an opportunity to uh, have another quick trip down south here and to go chase uh some big fish right yeah some blue catfish there you go. We'll, we'll get into that in a second, uh, but let's, uh, let's start with the beer today. Just to give everybody a heads up, I'm doing a uh, boulevard. It's uh, in honor of Kit going to Kansas, state of Kansas. I can't, I don't know if you can see that, if you can see that but just give her a heads up. It's a, uh, from the brewery Boulevard. Boulevard Brewing Company is really good. If you guys get an opportunity, definitely go down there. Check out their uh, tap room. I haven't. I don't know. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but their tap room uh, is pretty amazing. It's like a big old warehouse, and they have like a upstairs, downstairs. It's humongous. It's a huge warehouse where you have a lot of food, a lot of good beer on tap. They're one of the older ones, uh, older breweries in the central. The United States actually they're pretty darn big so I'm doing the um the burial I'm not a huge uh fruity beer guy but I think it's gonna be in the high 90s for the next couple of days it's gonna be like pretty humid and it's gonna be like 100 man so I'm gonna drink a nice light fruity beer so hopefully that's <laughs> how, doing that. how you doing what are you drinking man speaking of light fruity beers I got the beer of summer, a summer shandy <laughs> from Lining Kugels, which is out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I thought it was Wisconsin. Yeah, they. I mean, they. Well, okay. There, if there's beer people who really listen to this are craft beer guys because they got bought out by Ambev. Um, so originally, like you said, they they were a craft beer company, but they've been. I, th I believe they were bought out by Ambev. If somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it's okay. It's still pretty good beer, but I, as far as I know, I think uh, they got summer shanty, nice and light, man. Here, cheers, dude. Oh, cheers. Oh, I got to open it first. Oh, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that's loud. Cheers, uh, cheers, man. Nice and fruity. It's actually not a bad beer. Uh, I, one of my friends, um, actually Mark got this the other day and I tried it. So I, I figured I'd, I'd have it for, for the show today. So we actually, uh, like I said, uh, we're doing this one on zoom social distancing, I guess, cause I'm going to make sure he stays away from me for now. Just kidding. Uh, but he, he did uh, do his trip and pretty sure he has a lot of stories to tell us. And I mean, we'll start there, man. How was your trip? Because this was a um, this is one of those trips where I didn't know he was going to go down alone. I thought he was going to go with somebody and Kit pretty much, uh, you know, did this well, you know, this whole trip on his own. And it, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I, I sat back. I was trying not to be jealous a little bit, but I think it was a it was a good me time away. I'm assuming. Right, man. Um but I, like I said, I, I saw some of his pictures and everything. So it was kind of cool to see him just kind of go out there and he actually camped on his own and everything. But 
you tell me, man, how, how was your trip, dude? How, how was Kansas? You know, how, how, how was the blues? How, how'd you do, man? <laughs> uh, first off, I just want to say that I love blue catfish and it's, it's so depressing thinking, thinking that now I'm back in Iowa, I can't go out and target blue catfish. Well, with that said, um, the highs were high and the lows were low, dude. Man, it was it was a roller coaster of a trip. Um, the original plan was I was gonna stay out two nights. I ended up staying out there, what three nights? Yeah, then I was gonna leave Saturday morning, but I ended up staying Saturday night, so I stayed an extra day. Yeah, the first two nights, I camped out by myself, and then I met up with the local guy Chris. He kind of showed me some new stuff, and uh, I learned a, I learned a lot from him. It was like new type of fishing, like out of my comfort zone. That's for sure. How did you uh, you enjoy camping by yourself? Was that pe- I, I've never camped by myself. I usually always have family, people, friends. Uh, it, how was that, man? I mean, it's got to be peaceful, no? I mean, I'd I'd pull it put it in quotes as camping. Because I was set up right next to a shower house and bathroom, and there's a there's an RV city out there. At the t- I basically stayed in a small town, but it's like seated. It sits right next to the right next to the lake. So I mean, I was by myself, but I wasn't really by myself. I wasn't like off in the woods in some remote place. And. And that bathroom and shower, nobody goes in there. I think I was the only one that used it for for those two nights that I stayed out there. Nice. So if anyone needs to make sure to follow uh, Fishing Kit on Instagram. Who's it? Fishing Kit 85, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So make sure, eight, five. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you guys follow him on that because you guys will see some of his pictures. Uh, see some of those pictures like of those bugs? Uh, kind of um, – yeah, so you guys, you guys can definitely uh, see what he's been doing and everything. If you guys follow those, but those bugs, man, that was kind of freaky. Yeah, no, tons of spiders um, and a frog when I was um, when I was taking a deuce, and, like it jumped on my lower back. You know, I just sat down on the toilet, and it like basically it it landed on the top of my ass, and so I'm like, I'm jumping out of my seat, and then I turned back. And I see this like green brown thing sitting on the toilet seat. And I, I thought it was a turd. I thought like, did I just poop on the toilet seat? And then I look closer. I'm like, oh my god, it's a frog! Like, what's a frog doing in here? <laughs> I got a picture on my Instagram. Oh man, yeah, you guys gotta check that out. I was like, dude, that frog was a uh... dude. I, I, actually, that would kind of freak me out a little bit too. They just jumped on your back while you're <laughs> you're doing your deed. Yeah, I jumped up out of the toilet seat, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, but, I mean, how, I mean, how was the trip? I know you were going out there. You, you were chasing the blues. Uh, the thing was, people don't know that Kit, Fishing Kit was actually supposed to go a week or two before. And he actually stayed in town and fished with me. And we got nothing, really, <laughs> to show for while he stayed in town. And then we saw uh, Danny on uh, case you guys haven't seen he, he was one of our guests prior and he went down that weekend that kit fishing kit was supposed to go down and caught that humongous blue and that we all estimate it's got to be over 50 pounds uh and that was huge so then of course you know fishing kids like you know what i 
I was supposed to be right next to him, and that could have been me. He's going to go down this week, so that's why he went this week and kind of did his own trip and everything. But tell me, how, how was the fishing? I know you said it was a roller coaster. What, what was that like, man? Well, instead of watching Denny catch big fish last week, I ended up watching Chris catch big fish this week. <laughs> um, but fishing-wise, like the first couple of days that I fished on my own, I um, – um, the lake has an algae bloom, and it was a south. It was a south wind, so it was a blue green algae. So like that, that toxic was it cyanogen bacteria or whatever it's called. Yeah. So I guess they had a big bloom last week after Denny was there. So after he left, that's when the big bloom happened. Oh, and so where I launched that, there's like a, you just the water has been dropping. I guess the water was up like eight feet. Uh, last week or something or the week before but there's a there's like a blue green like icing it looks like icing like mm. of just green dead algae like uh along the shoreline I, I have a picture of it i didn't i don't think i posted it but it like reeks it smells like rotten animal carcass oh, smells so bad so how does that uh uh do you think i mean how does that affect fishing do you know or well like that that algae, like either, I think when it blooms, it uh, when it blooms, I feel like that would create a lot of oxygen. But when it dies, that it pulls out all the oxygen out of the water. Gotcha. And then, so you know, and then fish obviously need oxygen in the water to breathe. But I don't think it hit the blue cats that hard because uh, it was mainly isolated to the northern half of the lake, mm-hmm. but. I think the uh, blue cats were like gorging on the shad that were dying. Since shad are like really susceptible to like big, big changes in water and oxygen and stuff. I actually got some crazy footage where I saw like in the distance while I was fishing, I just see fish busting on the surface, like pow, 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 pow. Like it was straight like nonstop for like three hours straight. How come you and, didn't go over, you didn't want to go over there and try and catch them? Um, I'm just like, oh, white bass, whatever. I ain't here oh. to catch white bass. But, but, but by the time I got over there to check it out, as I was leaving, it was all catfish. Man, like thousands, like tens of thousands of them. Every, like, like near the surface, and I'm, and I'm sitting in ten feet of water or so. Like they're at the surface. Like I could reach down and touch them. I thought maybe the blue-green algae was causing them to die or something, but they were feeding. Because you see, like, shad being blown out of the water every time, like, and then on my raft, I'm in 10 feet of water, it's fish top to bottom. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Was it, like, was it all blue channels that were servicing, or was it just channels? I think it was all, like, well, blues, it was part, there's probably channels mixed in. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw some albinos, which was cool. Hmm. And I, I actually caught an albino blue cat. Hmm. So you guys are gonna have to check out uh, Fishing Kids channel, right? Hopefully we get to see the, the albino. I've never seen one. I've never seen one caught, so I don't know. I've never seen one in life either. So yeah, I thought I saw one in the water when when I pulled up on them, and then the next the next day, you know, fishing. I was I was dragging bait. I was dragging baits in uh, shallow water, mm-hmm. which is which is like the go to. Uh, for me, whenever I go down there, it's like it's what I'm comfortable with, because it it produces fish. Like you won't catch. I mean, I can't speak for Danny because he caught a lot of big fish doing the, doing that same method. 
but like generally doing that method of fishing down there, like dragging the flats, mm-hmm. you'll, get, you'll get more numbers. Like it's a numbers game. So you'll end up catching a lot more fish, but they necessarily won't be that big. You'll catch a lot of dinks, which is, which is I, which is uh, what I'm pretty good at doing apparently. <laughs> is that what you caught a lot more of? Yeah, I'm average wise. I caught a lot of slot fish. There's a slot limit down there because they care about their like blue catfish population. Mm-hmm. So anything 25 to 40 inches, it has to go back. And then you can keep one fish over 40 inches and you keep anything else that's under 25. But I kind of, most of my fish were like in that 25 to 27 inch range. Still pretty good size. Well, in case anybody's wondering, he went to Milford. So in case everybody's listening, like what lake are you guys talking about? And I was like, it's Milford, but uh, you're right though. I mean, there's a reason why they have those slot limits. Exactly. So it, it maintains the, uh, um, pretty much the species and make sure they, they grow at a good good amount. Uh what was the my question what's the biggest fish you caught this weekend, man? Uh like weighing weighing a fish in a kayak is like so cumbersome. <laughs> Especially like if you're weighing a big fish, you're gonna have to stand up and if you if that fish is like you know 30, 40 inches long, you're standing up, raising the fish up so your center of gravity is gonna be super high and it's not even really worth it in the kayak. When you post the weight of a fish online, you're, you're gonna get haters anyways. Like <laughs> that's true. You'll say, "Oh, a twenty-pound fish." As soon as you get done, you know, posting, people are like, "No, that's like ten at the most, like fifteen, blah blah blah." <laughs> yeah. If you have a scale, they'll say they'll say your scale is broken. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't bother posting weights. Like I see it all the time. Just go in a catfish group and look for a post where somebody tells the weight. There are gonna be people all over the comments saying that that way too wrong. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What do you think though? What, what, what was your estimate of uh, the biggest one you caught over the weekend? 15 if I was being modest mm-hmm. and maybe 20 if I was being generous. <laughs> but you know what? That's still pretty darn big, man. If you think about that off a kayak, took you for a good ride? I mean, I was anchored, but uh, oh. the fight is way different. It was in deep water too, like well, relative, relatively deep, like 32 feet of water, I think. No, 30, almost 30, 28. That's right, mm-hmm. 28 feet of water. Like in Iowa, we don't ever fish that deep because well, like Red Rock isn't even that deep. Certain like, spots. I think I think you got to find the, the deep spots, but you're right. We, I mean, even, even that we don't, like you say, we don't typically ever fish that deep around. Yeah, 28 feet is like mid-range for Milford. Hmm. I think it gets close to 60. What'd you do different this time? Well, um, Chris, he's a, he's a big proponent proponent of uh, anchoring up on, on stru- underwater structure mm-hmm. and just spending baits. It's, a, it's like a waiting game. It's, it's not a numbers game. Like when we're dragging baits up north, it's a numbers game, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I what the f- first afternoon and the second afternoon well the first afternoon i probably caught like 10 fish dragging baits then i went out trying to suspend an anchor on structure on my own uh turns out i was too shallow like i was fishing in 15 to 25 feet and chris was telling me i should have been in like 25 to 35 feet 
Mm. I didn't catch anything. And then I was like, all right, whatever. I need to redeem myself. Go back out north, drag on the flats again. And, you know, I ended up with 10 fish or so again. So the the whole, um, like, anchoring and suspending on ledges, like steep ledges that are underwater, like 30-ish feet, that's something totally new. Like, I, I did more anchoring this weekend than I did, like, all of, like, last year, the year before. Maybe like the last three years of kayak fishing put together. I did more anchoring the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, just so everybody knows, yeah, because uh, I've known Kit for a while and he never anchors down. So that's, that's, you're right. Like if you guys ever go kayak fishing with this guy, he's always moving, always drifting. Uh, and he's always catching. But like you said, it was something different that if you just hearing you anchor down, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen you anchor down. So that was kind of, unique did it did it work out today because i think you said was it today or yesterday that you anchored down more did do you feel like it was something new did did it actually work for you uh or is this something that you still need to work on in regards to the idea with the anchoring on structure is you're trying to find areas where it's there's a high chance that fish are moving through because blue catfish are the most nomadic of all the catfish species so they're always roaming around and you want to basically set up in like highways like where they would like okay this spot looks like an area that they would move through at certain times of the day so you just want to be there with your baits at the right time and you know based on where you pick you know some some places are going to have more chances of fish moving through opposed to like some structureless like flat place opposed to like where we were anchoring we're anchoring near um like points or underwater uh underwater ledges, basically areas that would concentrate fish as they're moving. Well, from what I saw, like average wise, we didn't catch as many fish, but like the fish I saw were like big, like, yeah, the smallest one that I saw put up was bigger than the biggest one uh, I was dragging baits with. And then my buddy, Chris, he caught, he caught his PB today. And, you know, he's been doing this. He's been doing it like actively for over a year now on his pb today nice is he he's a local though right you said yeah he he lives in a he lives in a town like 40 minutes away gotcha so he goes there quite a bit but it actually helps uh to have some little bit of local knowledge because you if you didn't know that then i guess you would have been just doing your you know your normal drifting and and, and catching how you normally do versus trying something a little bit new but you can see it, even trying something a little bit new produces though right I didn't have a whole lot of success. I did catch my, my PB. And that, that's not saying you can't catch big fish dragging because Denny last yeah. week, you know, like going on a trip like that, like it's easy or not easy. It's uh, you want to maximize the amount of fish you can catch. And just dragging up north is, it's a numbers game. So, mm-hmm. you know, the more fish you catch, the odds are. You know, th- you're gonna have a chance of getting a big fish, but you also you're also catching fish. Like I was, I was kind of intimidated of doing the anchoring and uh, and the uh, suspending because I know I know it's a waiting game because you're basically sitting there waiting for the fish to come through to you, and you're just trying to pick what is the highest chance area. You know that's what Chris was telling me. You know, but you know once you figure out, you know the times and areas where you need to be, it could be it could be really good. I was even like hesitant of uh, meeting up, meeting him up. Cause I know, you know, do I want to spend four or five hours 
sitting on, you know, two or three different spots and maybe catching a few fish. You know, it's just getting out of your comfort zone and trying to try and stop, trying new stuff. Maybe I could have caught more fish if I stuck to, stuck to what I knew, you know, dragging fish up north. I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have seen that, like a 30 pound fish that, that Chris caught today. So I guess <clears throat> don't be so stubborn. Fishermen shouldn't be so stubborn to try, to try new things like you're saying. And also, um, that's kind of, I think you're right on that. You know, get out of your comfort zone once in a while, try, try something new. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I did the same thing a couple of years ago. Um, really starting to get into bucktails. Never used it in my life. I hated it. I didn't think anything of it, but then like you said, it's just doing something new, trying something that you never know will catch something and you'd be surprised. If there was, I guess you could say, if there's one thing that you would, uh, besides that, I mean, was there anything else that you would say that, that helped you guys? Like, was there a specific bait you guys were using? Fresh is always best, but um, um, white bass is like a, a really good bait down there because there, there's tons of white bass. I uh, I brought down some white bass when I was drift when I was drifting, so I drifted uh, crappie, white bass, and uh, quillback. It's like a little carp. The quillback sucked; like they did not want anything to do with it. Hmm. I don't even know if I caught a fish on it, but the the white bass and crappies were really good. The crappie got hit a lot. Granted, I had a, more crappies than anything else to use as bait. But yeah, they were hitting it quite a bit. But white bass is is like the main bait that uh like Chris and all the other guys that I know, like white bass is white bass is king down there because well one, they're everywhere and they're easier to catch. Opposed to like shad, you know, you go out and throw a shad in it 10, 20 times and you could get shad, but they're they they're like unless you're getting big shad, like 10, 12 inches, um the shad, they're just so fragile. And the way Chris put it is, like when you put a white bass on and you have like little fish pecking at it, like channel cats or small blues, like if they're, they're coming and picking at it, they're not gonna strip that bait off the hook. But if it's shad and a little fish comes up and pecks at it, they're gonna, they're pulling, they're stripping those baits off. So white bass is really good and they're everywhere and you catch them easy. I basically, uh, before I met up Chris, I got to the boat ramp. I was going to throw a shad net. Then I just saw white bass blowing up everywhere. So I put the net away, started cat, like, got out on the water, started casting, caught 10. Then I met up Chris. Dang. So white bass. Huh? We go. So we're giving tips to Milford, everyone. So anybody's listening to this. So white bass is the way to go. And then, uh, I mean, well, how do you guys cut up your, your bait and you put it on your hook? Because uh, I see a lot of people sometimes they cut. I think, I don't know, we talked about this before in the previous episodes, but I see some people, you know, cut just the head or cut just the, the guts or just the, the tail end part. I mean, is there a specific part that you feel you're, you're more successful with with that bait? Um, I feel like the head piece is the best piece, okay. but you'll also get, you'll, you'll also get the least amount of fish on that piece because generally the head piece is going to be a bigger piece. Mm -hmm. So which requires a bigger fish to eat. But the thing is, when you hook up on a headpiece, generally, it's going to be your bigger fish. The The headpiece gives off a lot of scent. Like when you cut the head off of a white bass, it's just like dripping blood. If you're looking for bigger fish, possibly go for the headpiece. Um, but like you said, it, it's uh, you're not going to get numbers game on that because it's a bigger fish. 
possibly that's going to be hooking up on that. So, um, but it, okay. Other than that, I mean, I mean, I just wanted to see how you guys, how you did on your trip. What you got? What else you got? Yeah, I was also going to say, I like the body chunk too. Body chunks are good. Like tail, uh, like past the gut pocket and the, like just the meaty tail part. I, I don't know. I feel like I don't get hit as much on those pieces. Because, mm. you know, it's, it's not as juicy to put it like compared to like the body section because you got the gut pocket and all that all that innards and stuff. I mean, odds are they're going to get pecked away, but they're just, they're just juicier. And the juicier, the more, <laughs> the more scent you give off and, you know, catfish feed primarily by scent. So, yeah, we just want to catch up a little bit with Kit on that. Uh, we'll, we'll end this episode here. We're actually going to do a couple more today. Uh, episodes have a couple more beers. I haven't seen this guy in a while, a couple of days. So I just thought I'd have a couple of beers with him. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk some more stuff here. So definitely stay tuned for next week. Uh, but right now, I just wanted, I mean, is there anything you want to give advice, you know, ending on this episode today in regards to what you learned over the weekend? What, what would you recommend? What kind of advice would you give for, somebody who's um, possibly looking to not just go to Milford, but just go to anywhere, somewhere new, somewhere to fish. I mean, what kind of advice would you give, whether they're by themselves or whatever on, on a trip? I guess my best advice would be like, don't be afraid to try new stuff. Like if whatever you're doing isn't working, go try something else. So don't be stubborn like me. <laughs> right? You know, if, if you know a spot that produces fish, it's hard to break away from that. Like yeah. drifting leads up north, like, I just want to say, like, uh, maybe I don't want to meet up with Chris. I mean, I just want to stay up here yeah. and drag baits and catch fish. And I might ca be catching things, but at least I'll be catching fish. Get out of your comfort zone. I like that. You were saying that earlier, and I think uh, that's something something um, everybody should try, you know, every so often if fish aren't biting. Or, or if you're trying to catch something that's completely different that you've never targeted, get out of your comfort zone, try something new. And who knows, you can possibly land a PB trophy catfish or a, just anything. You can catch a, something that you never dreamed of, I guess, in a way. So, uh, but other than that, man, that's good to hear about your trip. Glad you're back safe. Uh, we'll, we'll do this again. Uh, we'll do it with another beer, but other than that, see you guys next time. See ya.